Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I'm that recent graduate from Michigan who wants you to know she took a master class with Victoria Clark, Matt Koplick. And I am the Shetland pony that Victoria Clark is constantly afraid of because she's that method, John Wascavage. <laughs> and I just came up with that on the fly because I didn't even know what you were going to say, so... I just came up with that one on the classes. fly because you ruined my original one and then there we go. Sorry... I have so many. I loved that though. I really loved that. That was a beautiful yes and. Has someone taken an improv class? I actually have not ever. <laughs> well, you're a beautiful improviser, so don't ever take a class. Keep trusting your instincts. Thanks. Yeah, I think God just blessed me naturally. So I mean, yeah, you just know. not you know, just not with your genetics, just with your brain. Yeah. Oh my gosh, not any of my genetics, please. God literally yeah. just like was like roaming around the twink parts of his uh, creation studio and was like, what awkward parts can I put together to create this guy? But my brain, he got from, like, Paul Lind. So, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, God sort of did with me. He was like, I'm going to give you the body of a twink. And then he, like, threw me what he thought was in the glitter machine, but it was the body hair machine. And (laughs) there we go. He thought I was going to be all shiny and just made me Jewish. So, here we are. Well, you know what? Thank God for the Jews. Happy, you know, happy Chanaka. Thank you. Uh, we're going on the third night tonight, I believe. Oh, I don't know what that yeah. means. <laughs> I was well, I mean, I don't Christian. know. If, I don't. Well, so all you know is that we possibly have horns, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I don't know if you heard through the grapevine, through the grapes of Wrathvine, but uh, we have eight nights of Hanukkah. Okay. For each night. Okay. Mm-hmm. This so ring- usually what that means, but. I was going to say, uh, this is ringing a bell from um, from the uh, Rugrats episode of Hanukkah. I'm, yeah. Jess, Jess. Rugrats, like, still holds in the torch for the Jews. Hanukkah, they have a Passover episode. They really, they really got it. Um, oh, yeah. There's also a song in Carolina Change about Hanukkah, because a very important scene takes place on Hanukkah. But that said, it's eight nights, and usually that means eight presents, but we are thrifty people, so what we usually do is we either do really tiny gifts for each night, or we, like, wait till the very end and we give, like, real gifts. Mm. So, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my for my real gifts. Billy, I beg your pardon. 
matter with you? How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. So, oh, ooh, ooh, yes, I meant to say. So, last time we spoke, yes. um, I had not seen, but I was about to see Once on this Island. Oh, tell me all about it. Oh, my God, I have all the tea. Uh, so, I went in a little skeptical, only because my knowledge of the show is super vague. I love the Tony performance, and I knew some of the songs, and all I knew is that my old theater camp, Stage Romantic Performing Arts Center, used to do like shortened productions with 10 year olds who are all white. So I was like, yeah. I wonder what the show is really like. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I love the cast, but I was not a, the biggest fan of Michael Arden's spring awakening as we all know. So I was just, I was wary. Um, first of all, was in the second row and the person I went with was like, Oh my God, what if Leia Salonga looks at us when she sings? And lo and behold, during the pre-show, the way that they kind of start is they have this sort of phone ringing and everybody's looking around and like, whose who's phone's on? Like, where's that coming from? And you know it's canned because it's Circle in the Square, which is underground. And like, no one's got service down there. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And they start looking at me and they all start pointing like, I think it's this guy. I think it's this guy. And it's like, no, it's not me. And Leia Salonga literally walks up to me, puts her hand in front of me. And I realize that they had planted a fake cell phone in the seat in front of me. What? And whips it out. Yeah, whips it out, points at me and goes, I'm keeping my eye out on you. <gasps> and my... And my friend who was with me turned to me and was like, you're a witch. Oh? Because... My God. That is yeah. not... Was that, like, dreams to dream. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I desperately tried to go to the bathroom so I could change my underwear after that, but yeah. the show had started. Um, and by that point, I was just so thoroughly wet that I figured, fuck it. Thoroughly wet um, Maddie, one of my favorite musicals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tony quinning. Tony spinning, really. Um... I don't even know what that means. But after after that, I was like, they, I was like, okay, they have me. They got me. I'm in it to win it. And I have to say, it was fucking beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, what I've heard. Yeah, like, it, the show itself already, like, I did not realize just how lovely of a show Once on this Island is. Mm-hmm. It is, it's like, really, like, airtight. You could always, you know, find faults in just about any theatrical work, um... And I'm and like I'm sure there are some in Once on this Island if you really like sat down with the text and tried to, you know, sift through it. But as a whole, it just like packs a major punch and this production is beautiful. Uh so well sung, so creative, so inventive. Uh a lot of the things I had problems with with Spring Awakening were not quite as big a problem for this. First of all, as a director, Michael Arden has already learned more about pacing and transitions and just like not a moment wasted mm. which I was thrilled with. Like yeah, and I would say there were a couple of times where I was like, the ent- entire ensemble doesn't need to be on stage right now, but it never felt cluttered in the way that I sometimes felt with Spring Awakening. Hmm. So I don't know, like it just it just worked, and I was I w- was also wary about Alex Newell at first, just because having seen uh, him, it was sorry I meant to ask, is Alex Newell uh, transgender or gay? Just because I know that Alex played a transgender character on Glee, and I don't know if that was crafted for Alex Newell or if that was just a part. I'm actually you know? I'm actually not completely sure. I I by the time that they joined Glee, I was mm-hmm. not watching it anymore. Um mm-hmm. and so I I I know of them um and I know you know I I have heard I've heard them saying Mama will provide and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. Um yeah. But, 
That that is a great question, and I actually do not know. Um, I'm I'm sorry, Alex. I'm, I'm no, sorry that I didn't. I, yeah, we're, we're super sorry. If anybody knows, we would love to hear. The only reason I ask is because before I continue with my review of Alex Newell, I wanted to give uh, them he her the proper pronouns, but I'll I will just keep saying Alex Newell in the yeah, way that um or them and Cecily they. Strong. Yeah, in the way that Cecily Strong keeps saying James Franco in that digital short she did for SNL. Get out of my apartment, James Franco. I'll just keep saying Alex Newell. Um, Oh, I don't know that Alex one. Newell, uh, because I had seen Alex Newell perform in concerts before in, in interviews, he's very, you know, vivacious character. And I was concerned that it was going to be sort of that same kind of performance where it was more just sort of throwing everything at the wall. And it was the whole gimmick of uh, gender fluidity. But first of all, I didn't even realize that Merle Dandridge was also gender bending with her role as uh, the god of death which I thought really tapped it the entire... So all four gods in this show, uh, Laius Longa is one, uh, Quentin Earl Darrington, I think is his name. So sorry, I'm pretty sure I just butchered that, is one. And then Alex Newell and Merle Dandridge switch genders for theirs, which I loved. I didn't realize that it was a full-on theme. Mm. It reminded me a lot of, uh, like, Angels in America or even Hedwig, where they talk about how in the dawn of time we all kind of had both... uh, gender parts oh, yeah, to yeah, us yeah. and then somewhere down the line god split us in the middle and we became one or the other and i thought that that was a really beautiful touch on michael arden's part and leaning into that alex newell i thought gave a really wonderful performance was very much a part of the ensemble when uh they weren't you know front and center and then when they did come front and center for mom will provide was just the most beautiful you know heart lifting energetic you know, raising the roof, ookie bookie, gutted, rotten, beautiful performance. Thank you, Alyssa Edwards. Listen, the thing is, is that like, the older we get, the I think the the more we, you become aware of how little you know, it's just it's it's the it's the best gift you can give yourself. <laughs> it's just it's be like, so true. oh, I know nothing. I'm so dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so but like important. you also see more now. Like I feel I'm aware of just how dumb I am, but also my eyes are so open to all the things I don't know, and that's mm. sort of what paralyzes me i don't know i i would love to have that confidence again of when i graduated of when i walk into rooms but still have the awareness that i've gotten now does that make sense i don't yeah. know yeah see i didn't have confidence when i graduated college and when i was walking into rooms so now it's like the complete 180 of like i go in and i'm like listen y'all gonna y'all gonna eat this up or y'all gonna not and yeah i yeah. don't know I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Not me. As, mm, uh, I start. I feel like I've started to get get it back now, and that's also by singing songs that I enjoy singing. Because for the last couple of years, I was singing stuff that people told me to sing. Like this is your type. This is what's going to get you, you know, seen for this show, and this is right for this show. And it wasn't stuff that I particularly enjoyed. Mm. And so now I just go into room singing songs I like, mm. and. Yeah, just I, I get better feedback that way. And I'm like, it's because I enjoy singing Disneyland from Smile. Yeah, that's great advice for young actors. Listen, it's so true. It's very important. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. 
Good advice. I mean, don't go into don't go into the share show singing glitter and be gay because you like it, but like, actually, you know. do go into the share show singing glitter and be gay because <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> that was a fun tangent um, from Once on This Island. <laughs> yeah, and bringing it back to uh, Michael Arden smoothly. Uh, what was it? I was going to say something else. I don't know. I'm done. I'm, I'm tapped out for the day. That's the end of this episode, everybody. <laughs> well, goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> oh, God. What What is on your mind today, Mr. John? I feel like today is going to be just a tangent day. To, like, no no structure. Just a blob Possibly. of opinions. Um, basically, what's on my mind today... I mean, what day isn't just a tangent day for us? Basically, what's on my mind today is um, I am... Very intrigued by the fact that Kristen Chenoweth has signed on for the Death Becomes Her musical. Um, even With though no like, creative team. I was going to say, even though there's no team, but we have a lead. Thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I'm thinking a lot about that. What? <laughs> it, 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 it's so funny because it's such half news. Like, it's, it's yeah. like, hey, everybody, this musical that, like, gay men everywhere and probably some ladies, have been w- wishing for for years, is finally going to happen. We have our star. It's Tony Winner and America's sweetheart, Kristen Chenoweth. But we don't have anything. <laughs> there's no I score. Know. Like, no bu- no nothing. <laughs> no, there's no nothing. We have an idea and a person. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's 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 such, like, I don't know. I, I it, it's, it's very funny to me. It's, and then, like, everyone's freaking out about it. And normally I'm one to freak out about, like, fun, like, cool casting things. Like, I, I'm very excited about the I, the prospect of a Death Becomes mm-hmm. Her musical. However, there isn't one yet. No. What? Well, so... I, I, could, I could write an know, announcement right now on Facebook and be like, everyone, I'm so proud to announce that I'm going to be playing Winifred and my Hocus Pocus musical... Um, I am still looking for a team of writers and of getting the rights and of actually everything, but so excited mm-hmm. and you should be excited too. Be excited for me, for my <laughs> Ferris Bueller ballet. Yeah. Uh, well, so, you know what it actually reminded me of? So, speaking of gay, last night after um, uh, my agent thing, I went to Marie's Crisis with some friends. Those of you who don't know, Marie's Crisis oh. is a dusty beautiful twinkly light basement piano bar in the in the village strictly musical theater it's wonderful if you if Um, you've never been to new york city and you are planning a trip or you know that like one day you're going to end up there make one of the first things you do is like make it go to marie's crisis because it was one of the first things i ever did and let me tell you guys it is one of the most magical places in the world while simultaneously also being like hell on earth. And I don't understand oh, yeah. the juxtaposition of it. I don't understand why I love it so much. Um, maybe I do. Maybe I do. You know what it is? You know what it is? It is literally the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because it looks like a dusty old closet, but inside is Narnia. It is Narnia. And let me tell you, I've been to that Narnia before. And so it, it, it's a gay bar for those who don't know, but like I know that there are gays out there who are like bitch please i go there every weekend like looking at half of you um but for those of you who don't know it, it is a piano sing-along bar where like literally everyone just like there's a piano player who just has the score of like every musical memorized and he just sits at a piano and plays and everyone in the bar drinks and as if there was like a bouncy ball above the lyrics 
everyone just sings these musical theater songs to the top of their lungs, and then randomly someone will either request or one of the waiters serving drinks will then get to sing a solo, and it's always one of the most awkward experiences of your life, which is part of its charm. It's part of its charm, because everyone goes from, like, singing wholeheartedly to, like, one semi-sad person with a lazy eye singing stars from Les Mis. And like... <laughs> Literally. And, and you and you sit there with your tequila soda and you, you plaster that smile on your face because you don't want to be a dick and you want to support everyone. And, and gosh, it's one of the best things ever. And let me tell you just one final tangent on explaining what it is. <laughs> the other part of why it's magical is because... I have seen so many random things in that place, but my favorite ever was a businessman, like, who definitely had, like, spent his day, like, down on Wall Street, and he was singing his heart out to, like, My Fair Lady, and perched on his shoulder was a cockroach that he hadn't noticed. This cockroach was on its hind legs, (gasps) and it was, like, it was his spirit animal. It was, like, it was his uh, daemon. Like, it was one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. That picture is burned in my brain forever of this person living their best life singing My Fair Lady, completely unaware of the cockroach that is making a home on them. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That 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 perfectly sums up Marie's crisis. It does, My Fair Lady, Wall it? Street, cockroach. Yeah, sorry. Just, go ahead with your story of Marie's crisis, but oh, it's just oh, one of my I mean, favorite I, places. Oh I, should, I should go there for Christmas and just have a good cry. I mean, they have the Christmas lights up and everything. The the other thing, as you were saying about the people who like will sometimes request, or sometimes there are regulars who the piano player is like, everybody shut up. Yeah, you know, Jason's here, and he's so there's this one oh, guy and who the shushers. sometimes when I'm there. Oh gosh, the there shushers, are shushers. Yeah. And I, I mean, I shush when the piano player is like making an announcement because I'm like, you know what, they're like they're working hard. Let's like hear what they have to say. But when it's a regular who, so there's this one guy who's a regular there. And he always sings 50% from Ballroom, which is a lovely song, but it's also a super downer. And it he's is a like, super downer. Yeah, and it's like, and he's in his mid-50s, and he's singing his heart out, and he's like, perfectly fine. He's on pitch, he holds the notes well enough, but he's not the most amazing singer in the world. And it's no. also 50% from Ballroom. You're lucky if 15% of the room knows the song. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was there, and someone had brought up the Death Becomes Her announcement, and everybody's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I remembered that Annie Get Your Gun started off with the same exact way where lyricist Dorothy Fields, all she did was she basically like said to Broadway, Ethel Merman playing Annie Oakley. And Broadway went, yes. And then they like looked for the creative team to make it happen. So that was the exact same situation. Uh, I hope it turns out the same way where we get another brilliant musical out of it. But there's not enough. Did you just like kill a cockroach what happened there no um i was pushing in my chair and it hit everything and i have an empty plate where i had eaten meatballs on so it it, um it just Mm. reverberated sorry continue there's always time for some meatballs (laughs) there's always time for a meatball Uh, I just had something else I wanted to talk about. Oh, um, <laughs> a Christmas story live. That's happening yes. soon. Very soon. Very. That will soon. actually have aired by the. That will have aired by the time this comes out. So I would. L- what? Let's talk about it. Maybe get some predictions going, and then we can cross-reference it 
on Tuesday and see how right we are. Maybe, maybe just because I just haven't, like, I, I'm not, um, watching as much TV right now or what, or I don't know, but I just feel like I'm, uh, I haven't seen anything about it. And so part of me, like, completely forgot that it was happening. And I was like, oh. Yeah. It's they're here. Not doing, like, yeah, they're not doing, like, major promotion on it. I see pop-up ads for it sometimes on YouTube. Uh, and I think once or twice on Hulu. But they're not making it the event that they tried to make Grease and Sound of Music live. Yeah. Uh, I think they're hoping that just their name recognition of the movie will be enough. But I don't know. There's like they don't they got they've gotten a really good cast for it, but it's not a super starry cast. So, yeah. Well, wh- what was what was the live musical last year? Um, la- so NBC did the Wiz last December, I think. No, that was two years ago. Was that two years ago? It was two years ago because I was in Denver. So that's why I'm trying huh. to think. I'm like, hairspray. They did hairspray. That was NBC two years uh, last uh, year. Yes, because I chipped my tooth on a Dorito while watching hairspray last year, which then made everyone at the dentist office laugh at me. I remember it well. Are you? Are you? I rem- Oh yes, I remember it well. Are your teeth just that fragile, or was it a very stale Dorito? No, it was. Well, I've re- I chipped. I chipped my tooth first in fifth grade. Um, by falling into a desk while I was fighting with my best friend, Adria Latona, over the vegetable corn. Um, oh, that is I, a complicated tapestry. It's honestly, I am, I am, I am just like Carol King. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, so it, it, I think it was just like a perfect shitstorm of biting the Dorito with one of my like uh, crown molding, not crown, I don't, I don't remember what they're called. Um, and it just like was like the perfect angle, and yeah, I was watching Hairspray live, and I chipped a tooth. So you are oh correct. That was last year. <laughs> that was last year. Yeah, and Fox, I don't think did one this year. They did Grease two years ago. Yes, they did uh, Grease two years yeah. ago, and then last, not this past summer, but the summer before it. That was when they also did, um, Rocky Horror, and I think because yes. of how much of a oh. success that was. Because Grease was good. Yes, I actually really enjoyed Grease. I, yeah, I thought Grease was surprisingly fantastic. And you want to know, I think the reason why Grease worked as well as it did was that they really took advantage of it, of TV. I felt like uh, the first three NBC live musicals did not take enough advantage of the medium of television. Oh my it gosh, was, not at all. No. And I'm like, I, I'm one of two ways. Like, either make it super stagey and have a live audience, or... You know, make it as all-encompassing te- TV as you can. And Grease also, like, they had some audience members in it. Not for the entire thing, but, like, there were moments where there were live audience members, and that energy helped the cast. Oh, it helped so much. It helped the cast. It helped the audience watching. helped everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And I, I, I only saw pieces of the Hairspray live, but of the four and, like, a half that I've seen, I still think that Grease got it the most right and so i'm hopeful that with with christmas story it'll be similar to that as well because again like they've they brought they're brought on some really great people for this um i'm I'm like really happy that they didn't 
try to go for the biggest names possible. They went for people who have some name recognition but are more just right for the roles. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we have we have Maya Rudolph is the is mother. Uh, Jane Krakowski is she playing the teacher? I think the you'll shoot your eye out. Oh, I don't know. Because she she's in it. I think she's playing the teacher. Oh, she is. I think so. so that's what I mean. I know nothing about it. I I know that I know they're in it. I know that Matthew Broderick's narrating, which is like really. Um, you're gonna have Matthew Broderick narrate. It's like the one thing he's like the one the biggest thing that Matthew Broderick's not good at is talking, and that's that's what you're casting him as. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it now, and I'm trying to see who's the what's it. Who's the I... what's it? <sighs> oh yes, the what's it? My favorite role. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'll watch it. Well, no, actually, I won't. I have a show. Um, it's our closing performance. I'll watch it the next yeah. day, maybe on the plane. Yes. Um, I'm actually going to a viewing party for it. it oh, I like miss viewing parties for it. Yeah. It, I, I'd only been to a viewing party for Sound and Music Live, and because it was so boring, I just think that like no one really, no one in my friend group really cared to make them events anymore. I did watch Peter Pan live in a motel room in Iowa because I was on a tour and my castmates and I just like drank the night away watching that shit show. I actually never watched Peter Pan because I heard it was so bad. I just didn't even want to spend time on it. Um, I did, however, watch Sound of Music. I actually came late because I was working, but I, I made it for the second half and I was super nervous because I was watching it at Ted Chapin's house. Um, and if you... If those of you are not sure out there uh, who Ted Chapin in Ch- Ted Chapin is, he's the head of R and H, which is the <laughs> Rogers and Hammerstein organization. Everybody, yes, classical licensing and company. so I know uh, his daughter, and she was having a viewing party, and I was so nervous on my way over there because I was like, oh my god, what if it's bad, and I have to like act like it's really good, and I got there, and like everyone there was like laughing at the awful things, and I was like, okay, phew. <laughs> I'm like, this is a safe space. Even even here. Even here, we're good. I yeah. mean, Ted was not there. Ted was probably on set. But um, <laughs> I remember, or yeah, I remember just like having one of those weird moments of like, okay, like I have to act like Carrie Underwood is the Maria Von Trapp of my dreams. Um, yeah. And she was, but it was a nightmare. Well, it'll have aired by the time this airs, so we will have opinions on it next week. Speaking of things that we kind of preemptively were talking about in our last episode, there was supposed to be that big New York Times expose. Mm-hmm. Um, that never happened, question mark. I've heard some yep. things. I've was- heard several theories. Uh, two sound realistic to me. The others just sound like conspiracies. Go. I want to hear. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll we'll cross reference theories that we've heard. So the first one I heard was that after the Huff firing and the news that there was an expose coming, the New York Times got flooded with like hundreds of stories from actors, crew members, stage managers, you name it, and. Oh. 
needed to uh was then altered their expose and in fact was going to then become a series of uh exposes and that they kind of now need to do a whole new investigation based on these accusations Mm. the that one i think had had i felt like had some sort of ring of truth to it the other uh thing i heard was that the expose has always been on the way that the Monday announcement thing like came out of thin air. That was never the case that it was, it's coming. It's just uh, somebody said Monday and that wasn't true. Hmm. That could also happen. The third I heard, and honestly this it's, I think it's kind of batshit. And because it's batshit, I don't know if it might actually be true because sometimes those batshit things end up being true was that like three of the names that were going to be in this expose are currently working on, big Broadway shows this season. Uh, mm. Two uh, two names, in fact, were being uh, were, are working on the same show, and a the very influential corporation that was producing said show leaned heavily on the Times to kill the expose. Mm. I don't think that the Times are capable of being bought that way, uh, and I don't think that th- this corporation would put so much money into doing that, but... As I said, it's like slightly batshit enough that it could be true. So I don't know. What are some theories that you have heard? Um, I've heard a very similar one to the one that you just were talking about, where basically it was um, uh, like a a production company kind of um, bought some silence, which I agree. I don't know how, I don't know how much that, that seems like it would be true because if that was the case all these other people who have been outed have a lot of money too i'm sure they were tipped off mm. that it was happening um uh, I, I i i doubt i doubt that with this kind of influx of news that's been going on that any amount of money would cause a huge uh journalistic output like i yeah i, I, yeah, I, I if to, anything to that actually cease. would cause if anything that actually would cause more negative press Oh, about it. Yeah, like that. That would actually be counterproductive. But yeah, uh, sorry. And uh, so that was one you'd heard. Uh, any others? No, that was mainly the big one that I heard. Um, I mean, I, I, I of course had the thought of like, well, maybe it's just not true. Like actors are chatty, Kathy, loudmouth assholes. So yeah. it it could have just been hearsay. Um, because people in this business love feeling like they're right. If you don't believe me, just go to a little website called Audition Update. People will oh. people will write anything on the internet and believe it's true, and other people will believe oh, it's true. If you so, say it with enough conviction. I actually, I was at, so the thing I was at last night was at NOLA Studios, and I'm sitting in the hallway with all these other people who I didn't know, and then it turns out I did know one of them from Stage Door, and they brought up a certain person that, we both had known for like 15 years and this person has now had some minor success. And I was, before I knew it, I was kind of just shit talking this person. I, that makes me sound like an awful person, but this is someone I've known for very long who has not become a very nice person to me. And I was just sort of venting and I was like, Oh, I should be more careful about that. Uh, because before you know it, I'm sure someone will put it on a bitching post on audition update. Like, Hey, Jewish twink, be careful what you say. Mm. I mean, I've read that post many times. Gotten a yes, loaf of, I've gotten a loaf of challah bread thrown through a window with a note attached to it that said something very similar. But you, but you ain't Jewish. I know, but I wish. 
God, I wish. Yeah. You, I mean, you have all the uh, neuroses of a Jew. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, I have all the neurotic <laughs> makings of one. Uh, it's just the damn the damn Christian faith upbringing. Um, I, mean, I could convert. I might convert. Yeah, you're we'll Jewish by, by therapy bills. All of your therapy <laughs> bills add up to you being Jewish. That's how you convert. Let me tell you. It's true. Um, oh, honey. Maybe I'll convert, and maybe that'll be a segment we do on this show. <laughs> Once, once I, once we actually have time to like figure out segments again. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we know what we haven't done in a long time. Jukebox that musical. Oh man, you're so right. We should do another one of those. Those are fun. Yeah, we haven't done one in a really long time. We have to do one. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who would be a good uh, artist to use. We've done only females not- so far, haven't we? We have, and th- and they get progressively more insane. Our show, so I like. I want somebody who's like insane already. Yeah. Um. Do I know any men who are insane? <laughs> I oh honey, honey. Michael Bublé, Josh Groban, <laughs> the Josh Sam Groban Smith jukebox musical. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's, like, it's actually just like kind of like a noises off backstage farce at uh, <laughs> at Great Comet. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! The theater gets shot with uh, glitter cannons, but it's just uh, all the refunds they give every time he's out. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, that was one of my favorite stories to read was how um, in previews Josh Groban so like I think somewhere in the middle of previews for Great Comet Josh Groban missed like four or five shows because he had the flu really bad yeah and the main producer for Great Comet would be standing in the lobby when audience members would show up uh, to see that he'd be out and demand refunds and he would just be shouting like he'll be back in this weekend he'll be back in this weekend like we'll give you exchanges just don't like don't ask for a refund <laughs> don't like, don't do it just don't do it. I'm, I'm telling you what to do. Don't do it. That's very God, funny. I could. I want to like make a monologue out of that and do it at auditions. I'll be uh, doing Howard Kagan in the Imperial Lobby, uh, oh. doing the Josh Groban will be back this weekend speech. That <clears throat> just like rip into it. One of my favorite speeches. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right up there with uh, Merchant of Venice. It is. Gosh, is it? Yeah, I mean, honestly, my mind has been preoccupied with some other things, but I don't know if you saw my post last night, but, like, I had a little, like, I've been having such a soapbox, mo- like, many soapbox moments recently. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm, like, maybe I'm just old and crotchety and all these other things, but... It was all about like theater etiquette, which I still, every time I go out to perform, I am shocked at the amount of people who don't understand theater etiquette because two nights ago, we had two cell phones go off during the show. Um, And for those of you who have never seen Murder for Two, there are multiple bits um, about turning off your phone. And there are multiple moments where the track that I play thinks that the other actor's cell phone that keeps going off is as a cell phone in the audience. So I literally yell at the audience multiple times about turning off your phone and still people, we had two cell phones go off, which was quite crazy. Um, 
But then last night in the front row were just like two of the most unhappy people I've ever seen. And they were glaring at us the whole time. They refused to clap. And they also um, they also were doing this wonderful thing where they were holding the program in front of their face and flipping through it and sighing loudly as if they were trying to find something interesting to read. Um, it was it was so charming. And yeah. I, I would love to go to brunch with those two. Yeah, me too. Um, and so at the end of my curtain call, as we're like, you know, I'm like blowing kisses to the audience and our, the rest of our audience was lovely. And, you know, they, they gave us a standing ovation. I just turned to these people who were very close to us. I gave them two thumbs up and I said, smile. It won't kill you. Um, because it's it's so interesting how many people go to theater and just don't understand that, like, even if it's not your taste, like, I've gone to many shows I don't like. I didn't like Come From Away really at all. Like, I had a lot of issues with it. Um, I loved the story. Didn't like it. But you better believe that I clapped and I smiled and I, like, I stood up at the end because there's so much hard work and love put into those kind of things. And it just pisses me off when people don't do that. So my little soapbox for the week is, you guys, if you're going to see a show, I don't care if it's awful support the people on stage and be an actual human being and be kind and show your gratitude for all the hard work. And if not, just smile because it really won't kill you. Yeah. I just, and applaud. Although I wanted to just quickly say when you said, um, you know, you saw, you saw my post on Facebook, another gem of a quote from last night was two girls in the hallway, uh, said to each other like oh like how are you doing oh good 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 i mean we're friends on facebook so you've been seeing my updates lately and i just wanted to i wanted to write that down because i felt like that was sort of a nice capture of our generation i mean we're friends on facebook so you've been seeing my updates but (laughs) but no i i absolutely agree with you there have been shows where i may not have enjoyed them and i mean i i don't stand at shows only only if I really, really thought it was something special. But you bet your ass, I'll even if I'm sitting, I am applauding. Oh yeah, my hands off. Like I'm I, not, like, I'm I not don't saying give me a standing ovation to every show because I don't do that either. Well, I don't. I don't think that's a good thing to perpetuate. Yeah. Well, applause is just sort of you. You want to <laughs> let the actors know that you know you came to see them and you see the hard work they're doing. People, I don't know. The, People assume that standing ovations are mandatory now because that's how you make the experience feel worthwhile or that like I only applaud if I think that you know the actors deserve it. It's like the actors showed up and they did their jobs. You don't know what happened before they came to the theater that day. Anything could have happened in their lives that could have made tonight almost impossible for them. And they still came and they gave their all for you. Yeah. And like it's an exchange, you know. They're bearing their souls on that stage and they're living like monks to produce musical notes that no human being should be producing eight times a week. The least you can do is put your hands together for eight seconds every 20 minutes. Yeah, please. It's not that hard. So, yeah, uh-uh. that was my uh, that was my soapbox moment of the day since this is the title of this episode is probably like tangents, a study in, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> A study in soapboxing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... Other than that, I have no idea what else is going on in the theater world. It's also... Uh, it, it's 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 the dead period right now. Like It is a little dead. Yeah, like everyone's just trying to get through the holidays. And then once the new year starts, it's like wham, 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 wham. 
Oh, yeah, January will be crazy. Although they did just announce some more people for My Fair Lady, which was interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was very pleased to see uh, Linda Muggleston will be in it. She'll be playing Mrs. Pierce. Linda Muggleston is a name that I've known for better part of a decade because I actually saw her go on for Donna Murphy in Wonderful Town. Oh. Yeah, back, it was in previews when, before the, like, scandal of Donna Murphy, you know, calling out so much was happening. And I remember it, she won over an entire audience that was so pissed to be seeing her. Because every I went, like, with my school and every, the whole point was seeing the show was to see Donna Murphy. And when we found out she wasn't in... Everybody just like groaned, and Linda Muggleson had to win over that audience. So I've had respect for her ever since. So I'm happy to see her in the show. Interestingly enough, the Freddy that they've cast is an African American actor. Yes, yeah, he actually he was at the Utah Shakespeare Festival the year before I was, um, uh, and so I have a lot of mutual friends with him, and he's apparently a wonderful person who's had a very expansive career. I think wasn't he? He was the first African American um, Raul, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Or not African American. He was the first black. I have it. Raul. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, because then he then he he was Raul on Broadway, and then he did Hamilton for a bit, and now he's doing this. So this guy's has so far is having a pretty yeah. prolific career. So good for him. Yeah, good for him. No, I didn't really do much research on him because I just saw the announcement yesterday. But yeah, I, it's it's just interesting to me because I'm I don't know. Bartlett Cher is a director who I admire. I don't always love everything he does. But I, I admire him, and I usually think his shows are very well cast. But he has a very specific aesthetic, and he usually goes for historically accurate, period appropriate. And I thought that's what he was going for with My Fair Lady. And with his casting of Freddie, I was like, oh, he's not. Great. But now I'm interested to see how the rest of the cast goes, because now that I know that he wasn't so dead set on being historically accurate, I'm like, okay, then, you know, who... Who's not? Who wasn't being given a chance for other roles that are being cast by all white actors? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I'm. I'm. It's now making me view the casting of the four principals that were originally announced a little differently. Uh, and I was very excited to hear about them beforehand, but now I'm just like, huh. Now that I know that that was on the table, like, what 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 other actors weren't aren't being giving their shot on those other roles? Mm. I don't know. I, that's just sort of like the theatrical landscape we're in right now where it's you can't you can't just be purely excited for one casting announcement you then have to think about all the other actors that are being denied it yeah uh I, or maybe that's just our cynicism coming in now now that we're you know new york actors for so long we just not, can't we can't be happy about anything anymore we can but just not most things <laughs> no <laughs> No, that's maybe that's what happened with uh, the people at your show th- uh, this week. They were former New York actors who just have been far too bitter for far too long. Oh, honey, if you had seen their faces, you know they never would have been on the stage before in their lives. No, maybe radio. They were radio actors. Yeah, they had they had a face for podcasts just like us. <laughs> um, mm, that being said, <laughs> I've got a face for podcasts and a voice for silent movies. I'm just, I can't win either way. Yeah, none of us can. All right, that yeah. So that hey being guys, said, this has yes, been Broadway breakdown. Everything is doomed. On that note, I think that's a pretty great time for us to close this one out, don't you? I think so too. I think we've su- su- sufficiently depressed each other and everyone listening. So, woo! 
You're welcome, world. God bless us, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, put your hands together. Uh, so, John, on that note, who would you like, who's the diva you would like to have close us out today? Have we had Donna Murphy close us out yet? We haven't. <gasps> Donna, fish, my favorite dish. Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Now that you said that, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have her, like, sing I Read or something like that. No, don't do something Close sad. Close out, like... Don, on a positive note. I read to fly. No, we have to have fish, my favorite dish. That was my favorite thing that happened on the Tonys that year. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good-ass performance. Let me go watch that You're performance welcome. right now, actually, to cheer me up. So, you, play us you out, Donna. <laughs> play us out, Donna. Fish. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Fish. That old man moves, kicked a bucket. That old organ bucket, dad hung in the rail, 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 baby. I know, no, no. Was a red, no, no, no. Was a green, green, green is the color of my true love's hair. Hair with Harry with a blood. Blood eye, blood eye, blood eye, blood eye. Hi! I dreamt I dwelt in my hollow halls where it ends. Well, 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 baby. I know, no, no. Was a green, no, no, no. Was a red, says in the sunset, calling me, me. Good for nothing, me, 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 toss and you change swinging in the trees. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.